0: This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tattashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Time Live. Live. This week we finally put two fighting games head to head with my review of Phantom Breaker Omnia and Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. Plus, we talk about the huge announcement of Kingdom Hearts Four. All this and more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start with your host Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. <laughs> everybody and welcome back to another game filled episode of select start i am your host Xavier josiah finally recovered just about i say 98 recovered from the events of last week with fan expo and all of that that went on and it was a lot it was so much that went on last week that you know i couldn't even do a, a, a episode of this i had to keep postponing my schedule just keeps getting crazy but You know and and shout out to you know fan expo they did a solid job you know they you know and hopefully there will be more to uh provide and next year when they come back and um looking forward to see what they do next in their sophomore their new sophomore season because for many of you don't know or do know there they used to be wizard world so they're trying to uh i guess you know put a new package to the system but I'm I'm hoping next year to truly be a new package for them but for, um for what it was worth this whole entire uh event last week was nothing more than solid that's pretty much the best way I can say it for there um if you want I did do a thorough review of the events that went on during that time uh on talktimelive.com it's the recent blog that I put up as well you can also check out my interview with Brian O'holloran a.k.a. Dante Hicks from Clerks as we talk about the impact that that uh, movie has made on our, our whole cultural generation as well as what to expect from Clerks 3. So all of that is there and much more on TalkTimeLive.com. Now we got some news to talk about here in the ter- in the world of gaming and one of the biggest news to come out this week or it was last week something to that nature Square Enix gave us a huge surprise um they announced the coming of Kingdom Hearts 4. Not only just Kingdom Hearts 4, but there's some other Kingdom Hearts uh, games that will be coming out as well, but the biggest news out of that uh, little bit of showcase is Kingdom Hearts 4. Now, I I should mention that a lot of these companies are coming out with these with their own showcases now, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that E uh E3 for the first time well not no it's not really this is the second time you know since COVID. but they decided that they're canceling out they're not even doing a virtual uh uh, you know showcase this year they're just not doing it and that's gonna leave people high and dry but it's also if I'm Jeff Keighley I'm kind of happy about this because that means he gets he gets full you know he gets full attention this way all exposure comes to him because now every company is going to want to come to him. Rather, they're going to do their own showcase and presentation, or they're going to work with Jeff Keighley to, you know, showcase a lot of the new stuff that they're coming out with on the game awards or his summer games uh, special and stuff like that. So I don't know what's going on in here in terms of E3, but it's not good. And you kind of saw signs even slightly before 2020. And I don't know what's going on, but like now we're getting these separate showcases from these companies um showing their new release of things and this is one this is something that would have been shown at E3 guarantee would have been shown at E3 like a few oh half a decade ago this would have been a major deal like it was before with, with Kingdom Hearts 3 and now it's just they're just doing it on their own and you know more power to them but I you know I I gotta check Alana Pierce's um I I I, I saved it but I never checked it out Alana Pierce talks about the idea that uh, that E3, why E3 was canceled or whatnot or what happens to that nature. I need to get into that. I, and I trust I trust, I, you know, and it appears it's not the not perfect by any stretch um, in terms of like, under, you know, knowing life lessons or anything or understanding certain cultural aspects. But it's one thing that I do trust her about, and that's her knowledge of the gaming industry, because she has worked for IGN. She's worked alongside other people. I trust her fully i mean she's not just another gorgeous drop dead hot face she actually is and and not an instagram thirst trap she is a intelligent you know uh, intelligent woman an intelligent person i should say in the gaming industry and what she says out her mouth is highly informative um i would love to learn from her like from a class standpoint like I I think she's she's really she's very studious in in the world of um in the gaming industry and I I really what she says out of mouth is is always helpful to me and I learned a lot from her um whether she knows it or not and you know if she ever took classes in gaming I would I would definitely you know uh sign up for that because she 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 keeps track of these things and I, I really um really appreciate that but I do got to check out her, I do got to check out her actual, uh, her recent post, uh, in regards to that, her recent YouTube clip in regards to that, cause, uh, she does talk about that. So I don't know what led to them not joining anymore, but we just, you kind of saw signs of things just not going, you know, E3's way. And this is really sad because E3 is a time honored tradition in the world of gaming. You know, at one point, <laughs> oh my God, at one point, that was the place that I wanted to go. It was three places I wanted to go. New York Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, E3. And to see E3 at this state, it is sad. It is also sad. And then especially when you have the marquee, you know, company, Sony and PlayStation no longer working with E3 and doing their own thing, much like Marvel Studios and, and DC Comics is doing, you know, DC with DC fandom and Marvel with D23. Uh, and they are not going to San Diego comic con anymore. They're not going to anybody's con anymore because they're doing their own thing, which to me is the worst idea. Like you're stretching our, our pockets. thin when you guys do this, instead of just all coming together, just like there's parts of business that gets on my nerves, like honestly, but I digress. Kingdom Hearts got the trailer out, and it's a three-minute trailer, and it's absolutely fantastic. Um, it's really crazy because now the setting of the of the events is very different right now. And we have Sora, and I thought this was a brand new character, but in fact, it is Sora. It looks a little bit different, a little bit more real. I wouldn't say realistic, but there's more real-world features to his design. But he's now in the realistic modern world of what is called um quadrum or crotagem and it's it, this world that is set in it's like a well if you remember the original kingdom hearts uh time and settings or like in a more like final fantasy like setting but this one is in a city landscape like area this you know total landscape uh, city landscape area and it's going to be interesting to see. He look, I mean, the, the, it looks absolutely stunning. Uh, they did show some gameplay footage with it as well. Um, They're going all out with this. And there's going to be some new characters coming in as well. And I, I, I don't know to what end is going to happen here, but the gameplay looks a little different as well. Uh, he's going to be, it looks like it's going to be open world this time. It just looks stunning it looks absolutely insane uh in the fact that the, that it's in this real world setting and you have you like people who are who look like actual people or like real people whereas Sora's design he had like big hands and big feet to match the disney type of look not exactly this time but the heartless are now invading this new real world environment and causing chaos and such and sora now is going in on like the city to try to save the people from the heartless mickey they did also show uh donald and goofy returning so which means mickey also will be returning and um this is going to be interesting i i i don't know how this is going to connect but it looks awesome i like the new setting where sora is going to be jumping and flying everywhere the keyblade now has a grappling hook to it and he's flying and, and running up top of buildings and everything. It's, it's just wow. So it is coming. Kingdom Hearts 4 is coming. Guaranteed is going to be a PlayStation 5 game, uh, possibly an Xbox Series X game, and maybe a cloud version of the Switch, which I really hope is not, because i uh, it burns me that they put, in, they, they put all the Kingdom Hearts games on the Switch. Okay, I am not a cloud-based... I'm not a fan of this cloud thing i've said this before i'm not a fan of the cloud based gaming and such like that like it's just it's not it it really there has to be a better way (laughs) it's just and i know it's keeping them from having to make a nintendo switch version but i would rather them and it might be it it, it's this i I get the idea of why they do cloud-based they can keep the graphics in they don't have to build a, a, a a switch version of this it it, uh, saves them on much time to develop anything so I get it but the idea that one we're paying full price for a cloud-based game that we don't really necessarily keep I mean say what you will yeah we can play it anytime we want technically but we really can't because the, the problem here is that if you're offline and that's the only time you can play it is online if you're offline you can't play this game even if you want to, if you're on a road and your car does not have online capabilities, if it doesn't have Wi-Fi, or let alone strong Wi-Fi, like my wife and I have um, Wi-Fi in her car, and it it really is not that strong. Like I hook up, I hook onto her Wi-Fi all the time. I still have trouble loading up on things on that and, and, and Wi-Fi. I don't know to what end that signal is supposed to attract you, but it doesn't, and I tell you, man, I tell you this. It is it is one of those situations like if the server goes down, you won't be able to play the games because their servers down. So you're, you're screwed. i rather have a file space enough to download the data to play the game fluidly. I, that's the most comfortable way for me, because I know even regardless if it's offline, I can still play it. But man, it's just—it's really—it's it, it, so chaotic. But it is coming back. Uh, doesn't announce when it's coming. Doesn't announce where it's going to be played on. I, but I could guarantee one of them is definitely going to be PlayStation. That's a absolute Dundale, But I'm pretty sure also that putting Kingdom Hearts one, two, and three on the Nintendo Switch is a tester to see if they could do this as well. And I. I got a feeling this will be on a Nintendo Switch eventually because uh, I've heard no complaints about the Kingdom Hearts cloud-based games on there. I'm just, I I just don't like, and I don't mention like it doesn't connect with the Rumble Pack either because it's online based and it's streaming while you're playing it. So that's another. There's negatives. There's so many more negatives than positives to me on this. Yes, you can play it fluently, and I played Guardians of the Galaxy on there and you know which is a square enix game as well so i know to that success they were you know happy with that but i'm just not a fan of paying full price like if if i pay 20 bucks for that for those games i think 20 bucks or 30 bucks if you have it all combined is fair because again you're not keeping it you're at best leasing it <laughs> or to some extent yeah i I, I can't say you're really, truly keeping this game. Okay. But um, nonetheless, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, and then the other situation with Kingdom Hearts as well was the same situation that we had with Kingdom Hearts 3. When is this thing coming out? Now, granted, we've all had this situation over the course of the last few, a uh, couple years where games have been rushed to come out. Uh, Marvel... Uh, what is it? Marvel Avengers, you know, which is a Square Enix published game. Um, Cyberpunk 2077 also, which, um, you know, you know, what's to deal with that. And they're still trying to recover from that as as is um, Marvel Avengers to, to that extent. But both of them have, you know, improved over the time. But, you know, it's still bumps in the road. Square Enix is not the type to rush anything. And while I admire that a lot, because once the finished product is there, there is nothing wrong with that finished product. It's as solid as possibly can be. And the only updates and patches that we get is just to add on to the improved, to already improved game. So last time when Kingdom Hearts 3 was out, that game took forever for it to come out. And what made it even worse, what made the situation even worse here is that Square Enix kept talking about it, kept announcing it, kept, you know, bringing it up. And then every time there was another delay after delay and that those delays took well over maybe like a few years prior to the time that they announced it. And I tell you this, man, um, I'm a big fan of Square Enix, of course, huge fan of Square Enix. I would be even more of a fan of Square Enix if they just like they just announced it here. I need them not to say a damn thing about this until they absolutely know for sure that this game is coming out with a release date or at least a year date of release. Is it going to be next year? Let it just say 2023. And that is it. And whatever you show, just say 2023 because there are times where they've done it and it's just it took so long that by the time people finally got to play kingdom hearts 3 we had a lukewarm response with it and it just didn't have that you know anticipated feel that we had before because it was like they it was the proverbial dangling carrot you kept putting it out there we kept reaching for it it's like somebody puts a you know a hundred dollar bill on a hook and reel and just reel it back every time we get close they keep reeling it back and that's how it felt like when it came to kingdom hearts 3. hopefully this time they'll learn from their mistakes of before and this time that they will not do that and when it comes out it just comes out you know it's funny because you know people can argue breath of the wild just did this but here's the thing breath of the wild 2 Yes, uh, *Breath of the Wild* one has been delayed, but they rare once they they mentioned it only like once, continued on with their development, and when it was time, they brought it out, and when they brought it out, it was one of the actually it was the best game of that year, and same with uh, *Final Fantasy XV*, same with you know *Final Fantasy VII* remake, like when you when they take their time to do it it does come out as some of the most solid game experience you could ever have but if you keep just dangling the carrot on it it just it, it annoys people so hopefully they'll learn not to do that that's why people you know for wrestling fans people are wondering like why hasn't the AEW game have been mentioned because Kenny Omega who's overseeing everything he has watched the gamer that he is he has watched other companies do what they've done in terms of um announcements advertisements promotions um acknowledgments of game status and he saw the trials and errors so he's observing the situation they're observing the situation they're you know learning from others mistakes and i don't mind that aew games have not announced anything yet because We know they're in progress. They did show us a few things and they know we're in progress. We're eagerly waiting for it to happen, but they're not going to do it until they absolutely have some solid, you know, ideas of what is when it's going to come out. And it's there is word and rumor that it may come out this year. Um, It is going to be announced. He said that they should have an announcement by the summer. Hopefully that's his that's his aim is for the summer to see what's going to happen there. So we will see how that's going to be and i'm looking forward to it because the the, what i've saw so far from that game is going to be great what i'm seeing from here with kingdom hearts 4 looks awesome and i am i I can't wait i i i I want my anticipation for kingdom hearts to come back um with this so hopefully that will happen and um you know hopefully it'll come next year hopefully (laughs) we'll see but given square enix history with these games it could probably come out 2000, like 32 at at best, <laughs> you know. So we'll see. Jokingly, so it never takes that long. Well, all right. I think I could be wrong, but um, Final Fantasy 15 did take a decade. But just to make the core engines for that thing, but now they use that engine for everything. So it make it makes sense on that note. All right. So real quick, last bit of news. I have. This is a short episode too. It's not really much in uh, terms of. Uh, Gaming news today, but Blizzard revealed the origin story for Overwatch's latest hero and in the name of uh, Sojourn. And she's the latest character. I remember um, us talking about her in the (laughs) way back in 2019 when I uh, hosted the Overwatch panel at Keystone Comic Con. And we talked about that. We talked about this character because she's the first African American character in here or black female character. In here, I don't know if she's African American, but I think she, she um, because I think from, I don't know, I think it sounded like she said she was from Canada, but she is, uh, the first black female character in the, uh, game here. And Overwatch, if all else, is awesome because they're, of their diverse characters here. Um, but we finally got a hint in of, of what this person is about. And the short story trailer showed her connection with Soldier 76, aka Jack Morrison, played by, Tatashore, my former uh host I mean my former guest at the overwatch panel in 2019. so John uh first work alongside overwatch in the timeline between the first and the second game so if I, I guess in some form or some way she should be in the comics because the and for those who don't know overwatch does have a comic series she actually is um I mean she is said to be before in between that time so i think. Overwatch does kind of cover that timeline from that point. Players uh with the PC closed beta will have the opportunity to do a test run with the new character on uh April 26. Blizzard will be releasing a both the PVP and PvE verse which I believe it means player versus enemy, which is another way of saying uh you're playing an AI at this point. So, you'll have the P versus uh, PvP player versus player mode and PvE modes, which will be sold separately when the launch uh, game begins. And I'm definitely going for the uh, PvE because I'm excited about the actual story mode version that they have this time, which everybody wanted them to have before. And they, I, I get it, they tried to go a little bit different with the approach of this game, but people were just clamoring for a story mode like we got samurai warriors you know three out there in a the series out there we got uh ghostwire tokyo which i'm going to review next week by the way out there with like these heavy single player narratives here and you know we want to see this from overwatch overwatch really you know helped to put you know this type of genre in there on a the radar you know just one of them along with uh you know halo and all those other games so people have been dying to get us actual story mode for this. And hopefully this will be, I believe this should be an offline, uh, story mode as well. I'm hoping that's the case. Uh, cause this is also going to be on the PlayStation. This is going to be on a Nintendo switch and Xbox. This is, they're platforming everywhere and PC, of course, in steam. So it's going to be multi-cross platform for this. I don't care anything about the PVP mode. I want the story mode. Uh, of all else, for this. So I'm looking forward to what they're going to do here. And, um, I'm excited cause now we finally get something showing from overwatch two, which means they are furthering the process. And it looks like we may actually see more of these little short stories, which may lead into some news of when this is going to be released and, uh, and what systems is going to be for, and what such, cause you know, as you know, blizzard has been acquired and, um, Vis- activision blizzard has been acquired actually so exclusively to um microsoft and xbox but they have well i believe they have made a promise to have it this particular game on all platforms because before the acquisition was made that's that was the aim for everything so hopefully that'll be it and then anything after that is like it's there is for it's fair game from there so all right folks we're going to take a break, come back, and we're going to give our two fighting game reviews of Phantom Breaker Omnia and Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, And both of them are going to be for the Nintendo Switch, so stay tuned for that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies and games such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abear, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter Five. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more have reached the final stage of this program and i am here to review not one but two games this week it is going head to head with each other in our versus review series and that is phantom breaker omnia and persona 4 arena ultimax which are two fighting games that came out in the same week actually if one brand new and the other one actually a port of an original one that came out during the playstation 3 era um, I was very happy. I'll start with actually Phantom Breaker because I'll start with the new one first. And Phantom Breaker, I've known about for quite some time. I've gotten a few, a uh, couple Phantom Breaker games, you know, for the uh, for the Nintendo 3 uh, gs before. Uh, like it was a Super Deformed one. It just uh, came back out for the Switch. So it Battlegrounds is what they call it. So it was like a um, a sort of a 2.5D, uh, you know, brawler. In this case, um, but this one right here is the actual fighting game. Technically, you, I mean, if you really want to call it, it's a melee fighter game. And the situation about this is that you have this beautiful, dropped a gorgeous looking game and fighting game, but it lacks something interesting here or is missing something that is traditional to fighting games here. So before I get into that discussion, I want to talk about the story real quick. What I do love about this game and before I even get to the pros and cons of this is the actual story, which is a very simple story. It's not overly complex like a lot of these other, you know, fighting games are and feel that they have to be. It can be just straightforward. Like that's what I liked about Street Fighter. Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat to that nature It's like there's a tournament. These people are going to fight each other to see who's the best in the tournament. They're going to fight the biggest and baddest person of that tournament, or they're going to, you know, fight the person responsible for this tournament in hopes that they can save whatever it is they need to save. So this is on that realm. This is taking from simplistic realms here. So the story unfolds in Japan uh, in Tokyo, where a mysterious man named Phantom uh, who's lurking from the shadows. He is known to be a powerful, you know, manipulator and a powerful being. And he goes around finding just the right people to manipulate into fighting for their dreams, so to speak. So this kind of reminds me of Twisted Metal because Twisted Metal, you had Calypso who promised everybody that entered the uh, Twisted Metal tournament. If they win, they get their wish, their wish comes true this is what phantom pretty much does phantom you know uh he lures powerful fighters um who are driven by strong desires and into battle so he's saying like if you face these people who are also fighting um around J- around japan and tokyo if you beat them all then you will get your wish but there's always a catch to this whole entire thing much like Cal- uh, calypso and um in twisted metal so In order to make their wishes come true, they got to fight other duelists who are welding these weapons known as the FAs or aforementioned artifacts um, and defeat their opponents. Now, it apparently so. The reason why these these weapons are significant, because I think during their fights, the the weapons kind of generate some spiritual energy that is empowering Phantom in this case. So it's taken on to this measure and each character has their own you know, road going in and their own purpose going in. And this is part I like, too. This is what I loved about fighting games. Is like everybody, every character in the game had their personal backstories. So you read the backstories and maybe you kind of, you know, connect with one more than the other. You know what? Like for me, when it came to Street Fighter, it was just instantly Ryu because here you had a guy who just constantly wanted to evolve and, you know, and keep fighting to become stronger every single time that that clings to me. You know, whereas you had somebody like Ken who was just naturally gifted, so he didn't feel like he didn't have to put in the effort as much because he just he's just there. But he realizes that Ryu's effort supersedes his abilities in this case, and that's why Ryu is always on top. So, you know, stuff like that. And then you got Chun Li with the, you know, with the with Bison and and with Bison, and they kind of connect. So I, I, those type of storylines are always great for me. And then you got King of Fighters with their storylines as well. You know, this is pretty good too. I like, I liked, really enjoyed the storylines that were going on here with this game as well. So what, the the thing that we have to find out is like what is Phantom really plotting to achieve through all of this at the end. So. That's what you're going into the journey for. And there's a lot to like about this game. And there's just one thing that I am not a fan of in this game, which became an instant con for me. So you got a great story here for, you know, in terms of pros, you got a great, you know, story here, really simple, easy to understand and follow story. Um, Stunning character design. Like if you're an anime fan, this is the upper echelon of anime, (laughs) you know, design great english cast by some of your favorite anime actors as well uh some familiar some very familiar people in here as well you got uh christina v in here who was just in philly last week uh monica real uh a lot of people who's been on my show <laughs> for one thing uh, or i've had the pleasure of um hosting panels with so you got quite a bit of uh people in here that are like awesome lucy christian from uh, my hero academia is also doing a voice in here as well for a character so you got some really cool things and you know you hiring these really well established not cheap uh actors to do these roles who are most famous for other roles in anime you got you're going to utilize them and they absolutely utilize them in here it is a great english cast uh in here um and also again like the fun and simple length story narratives and dialogue there's dialogue all through this entire game you know a lot of the a lot of uh, fighting games a lot of times are just heavy on uh narrative um but there's not voices added on to it or if they are there's from the japanese cast which is okay but i find it more appealing and more engaging when i hear it in english and i hear some of the great you know quality of actors that we have like the ones we have in this game so that is a great addition for here and it, it, it's like they're not just doing like one or two they're doing complete line, they're they're running lines all through the game like you beat it you beat one stage and uh, uh, beat one game they go to another and they go into another dialogue scene and they're going talking back and forth and it's very engaging because every actor and that they picked for this cast are some of the best in terms of really having the most charismatic type of uh, voices and and personalities, and they portray the characters really well. So it's I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, There's also 32 characters to choose from. So you got storylines going on forever. Now, great. I will say there are some characters that you play in the game that the only way that you're going to get to another stage is if you complete a certain mission task. And those mission tasks aren't the easiest in the world but they do provide a really interesting challenge and in there and for that you get rewarded with another cut scene with the with um more dialogue and such like that and the story progression so it's not that bad i'm just saying like some i think the key characters are basically you know they'll you know you just you know advance through with no problems no matter how you beat the game and then some you just gotta you know there's a stipulation to it as well so my only con to this game and this is like the problem i was talking about earlier the moveset fighting game movesets are some of the most traditional things that makes fighting games so great again dating back to street fighter 1 no street fighter 2 be honest because street fighter 1 had it but it wasn't nowhere near as fluid when they had that old cps engine uh or board that they were using for that but when they got to street fighter 2 they you know they they used a better um you know board for it the cps 2 i guess it was called at the time i could be wrong there was a bunch of different cps um processing systems that they had uh for that time but it would it allowed them to create this move set that we've never played before the half circle motion the full circle motion the uh 90 degree motion or you know stuff like that the charge motion all of those created a type of feel and technique to a game genre that made it feel not only technical but in a way it made it like you were actually learning something as if you were learning a sport which you know thus begin the esport generation and for the first time ever you're playing a game where it requires pure technique timing precision to do however lately i've been playing a few fighting games and i don't know if um if this is because it just had the idea and mindset of super smash brothers because super smash brothers is a melee fighter is one of the first of many melee fighters out there that use very simplistic control schemes to handle the chaos that you're going through and that's understandable but to use that control scheme and move set on a fighting game it kind of, you know, rubs me the wrong way in a sense. And that's what happens here in this game. And, um, what was the other one? I think battle. I forgot the one that I had That had, um, there was an uh, something chasers or something. Uh, it had, um, characters from different video games on air as well. Like Shovel Knight was, is in the game. I forgot what game that was. It'll come to me, but they also use a very melee fighting control scheme or move set that all it requires you to do is just hit one button and one directional, one directional button to pull off a move. It's to me what, when, when they used to do this, there were certain fighting games that used to do this, but it was an option if you wanted to go to simplistic route, rather than learn how to use the moves. They didn't even give you the option for this here. They just said, this is the move set right here. To me, I don't like this from a standpoint that allow people to who love to use the old school, traditional style. Now, I hate to call it the old school, tra- the old school style, because it shouldn't be. That's the way fighting games normally have been. And now we have this control scheme that's just it's so lazy. <laughs> I, I, that's the only way I can put it. It's very lazy, like. Give me a chance to, you know how long it took me to master some of those Street Fighter moves and those King of Fighter moves and all the stuff that require like full 360 motion and all the stuff. By the time I got to Street Fighter 4, I finally, because the game system and the game engine and the control schemes have gotten way more fluid than they ever before. So we could easily pull off these moves with these. I hell, I was even even pull off a Raging Demon. Do you know how hard it is to pull off a Raging Demon move, which consists of a combo base you know you know timing factor that takes technique and there are people out there who, who does it way 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 better than me and when you are able to master it to do that that's something special to me that is something special in fighting games in general like i keep going back to the um the Evo tournament when diego was fighting in street fighter 3 and he kept doing this pairing type of system throughout the whole entire thing his whole entire energy was like down to zero and he was still able to parry this guy and then when the timing went with great timing pulled off a awesome combo you know using moves and combo systems and everything and 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 the techniques of using the dragon punches like that to me deserves credit you know so to wipe all that away with games like this that just gives you like you know hit back with special attack button to pull off this move it and I hate to say this because people are gonna say it like I'm a, I'm going boomer or something like that but that's their way of just getting mad because you know people are making you know questioning the motives of today's world whether it's wrong or right it, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to be questioned like you giving it just calling it everything a boomer doesn't really justify anything and it doesn't throw off anybody either. It just comes off. This is very participation trophy esque, like don't let them try to pull off these moves. Just give them the easy way out. What do you learn from this? Granted, you enjoy the game. Then the game is very enjoyable nonetheless because it is very fast paced. Um, It's not like you can easily beat the game, especially if you have it on hard. But I think with a bit of technique, it would have been so much more fun and, you know, to pull off um these moves and such like that and there's some awesome move sets in here from each character in here as well but the idea is like it's one or two combo buttons and then all of a sudden there's a special button that you pull off it's just too easy it's quick it's fast paced it reminds me of this short attention society that we live in right now you can't focus on just getting the move sets right you just got to have it at the ready it just, to me, it just, it plays on that idea that we live in a short attention society right now where we can't read an entire article or we just read the headlines of an art of a, a article instead. In this case, we can't pull off the moves. We can just do the moves, just hitting it one button. You know, I don't mind this entirely, but at least give us the option to do it. Add on the more technical and traditional move set. And then if people want to go to simple route, they can just throw up the option and do so. But to me, this is just to me, this is the lame part, because this overall, this game is a lot of fun. They put a lot of work into this the, and the, the presentation and, and quality of it is absolutely phenomenal. It looks like a game that we would have enjoyed playing back in the 90s and all that stuff. And, and, you know, especially because this is like a, a traditional 2D fighting game. But if I plant us in Japan, this will be a gem. If they would have put it added the traditional technical control scheme to it, it would have been an awesome experience. But to me, it's just like too easy of a game. And this game could have easy to me in terms of grade could have gotten an A instantly. But it unfortunately, because of that move set, that easy to do move set, it turned me off on that new, but I, I, everything else is absolutely great. I mean, overall it's a fun and fast paced fighter that unfortunately lacks depth in it's control scheme in there. Uh, so if anything else, unfortunately I would have to give this game a solid B for me because of that, and that lack of experience in general, like just being able to pull off a dragon punch style move is some of the best things ever. and now you got games like this and i hope it's not like that for long like thank goodness street fighter um five i mean street fighter six is in the more is in the works because guaranteed they won't be doing that um king of fighters didn't do that either to their credit you know they kept tradition with that i just don't want to see any more games like this you know especially games that look this damn good and sounds this good and you know it's as flashy as it is it deserves better in terms of control scheme but everything else is just absolutely you know awesome in here so now this is going up against persona 4 arena ultimax which again like i said this is a game that is brought back from the playstation 3 era arc system works brings back the cult classic uh, fighter based on everybody's beloved rpg game series persona 4 arena ultimax provides a robust amount of story I mean even way more than than uh, phantom breaker way way more it's pretty much like a digital graphic novel i mean it's the best way i could put it um but it, it, it you know it provides that much of a story uh content and then fighter uh, content from you know the first and second game so they did pretty much what a lot of nintendo switch games have been doing um remember when the switch first came out there were a bunch of games that like combine their first two I'll give an example Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 for the Switch actually added the first Xenoverse in there combined with the second giving you like one like two for the price of one in here and I thought that was awesome they did the same thing here so it was great because I never got a chance to play the Ultimax game I didn't to be honest I knew there was um, a Persona 4 Arena game which I because that's the one I own for the PlayStation 3 I didn't know they followed up with it And both of those games are in here as well. So, you know, the story takes place two months. The original arena took place two months after the events of uh, Persona 4. And as a new fighting tournament approaches inside of the Midnight Channel, for those who watched Persona 4, you know what that is. For those who don't, the Midnight Channel is this really kind of really weird dimension that the uh, shadow operatives who have the ability to project personas go into, and there's a lot going on to You got to watch it too. Um, if you want the anime is out on Crunchyroll and Funimation right now, you can watch it there. You can also watch the English version of first, uh, persona for animation, uh, which is available on, uh, Amazon video. You got to pay for it though. It's not free. Um, so. You, I mean, you have a chance to check it out there if you really want to understand the storyline of Persona 4 and all the stuff, Um, which I actually did while I was, you know, reviewing this whole thing. I really got into the characters and such. I decided to check out the, you know, where where the storyline came from and such. So that's all available there. And now our heroes enter this tournament to see who's behind it all and they're very surprised to find out (laughs) who is behind it all and like you have these shadow operatives which are like versions of the heroes in here going after them it's a whole entire thing it's it's like unlike phantom breaker this is a little bit more complex to explain but just know your heroes from persona 4 are entering a tournament and are facing not only each other other enemies other people from persona 3 but also shadow versions of themselves, all to find out who's behind this all and what is the prime objective. That's the best way I could put it here. So the pros for this game is that you know, again, just like Phantom Breaker, fantastic character design and animation. um This one has a little bit less of characters than uh, Phantom Breaker is. It has twenty two characters spanning from both Persona three and Persona four. You got the. This is what got it. You got the traditional control scheme, which some uh, with some extra persona techniques in there. So there is some simplistic controls to at least the personas, but there's also, uh, you know, traditional, you know, sir, you know fireball style motions and, and stuff like that in there. So it they do have some, a little bit of both in there, but again, that's what I love about it. So they get a little bit of a higher grade than that for, for, for that alone. Great about a story filled with dozens of anime cutscenes in here. Much like Phantom Breaker, you have a full English voice cast, and the cast from the video game and the anime is on air as well. Um, multiple play options such as Story Arcade, which also has its own story uh, narratives as well. Score Attack, Golden Arena, and Versus mode in there. You got a Gallery mode, allowing you to revisit cutscenes, art, and music in here. So it, uh, in terms of content, this outweighs Phantom Breaker so in so many ways (laughs) so much my only con for this game is that when i talk about dialogue where i felt like this is where i felt like phantom breaker got it right phantom breaker had dialogue but it wasn't overwhelming this one is so overwhelming because all right you want a little bit of story and narrative in your video games but not to the point that you're just you know for like almost an hour of reading and listening to, you know, content and and, and dialogue and just reading like I'm, I'm playing a fighting game. The purpose of a fighting game is to fight and play against other opponents. But you're not doing this because you're spending like almost 10 minimum 20 maximum or even 30 maximum just on the fight, just on the like the dialogue itself. Like it varies depending on what you're doing. And it just gets like, it gets boring after a while. I, I, you know, my attention span just kind of goes away with this because it's like, all right, eventually I'm going to fight and you don't want to skip it because you don't want to miss out on what's going on in the story. And the story is, is engaging, but not that engaging enough to like, you know, if I was playing this, if, if this was a RPG, that makes sense, but this is a fighting game, the narrative should, and the dialogue should not be that long which is why I think Phantom Breaker, you know, gets ahead of this one because it's just right. They have a few bits of conversation and then they get right into fighting. But this one, and this is not just this game's fault, but this is known to be an Arc System Works type of thing. If you played Blaise Blue, if you played the Guilty Gear games, um, you played a lot of their games. A lot. I think the one game that they got, that Arc System Works got right, I think was, Drag- was Dragon Ball Fighters. It was, I think it was one of the only games because one, it wasn't, you know, just you reading off text. It was full on character, you know, dialogue and conversation. It was engaging, you know, uh, I think grand blue fantasy also did pretty good with that too. I, I think they did pretty good too, with that too. So, but you know, this is one of the games that like, and, and, and the um, the move set also mimics that of uh dragon ball fighters or dragon ball fighters kind of you know uses the same element elemental fighting system as this game like there's are some similarities between ultimax and dragon ball fighters here like but ultimax came out first so it looks like they kind of took from this game to uh to use for dragon ball fighters as well but Um, Other than that, the game is just awesome. I've been waiting for this game. I was hoping and praying this game would come out and they would bring this back out and they did. And I'm extremely happy for it. Despite the heavy dialogue, this game is absolutely great. And hell, if you don't like to play the story, heavy-filled story, you can just go to Arcade, which has a more simplistic storyline to it and simple and and shorter storyline to it anyway. Um, So, you know, regardless of that, you know, this is a must-have for uh, fighting uh, for both Persona fans and Arc System Work fans, or even fans of fighting games in general. Because it's just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, despite the heavy dialogue, which I had to take off a little bit of a point. Other than that, this gets a grade of B plus. Absolutely, um, just an awesome game to have for fighting game fans in general and such like that, and, and Persona fans and all alike. So, folks, I gotta say it persona wins in terms of which is better fighting game but Gil get both of them they both have something to offer uh you know overall they're both a lot of fun to play uh i won't take away the idea of i won't take away the idea that you know phantom breaker omnia is just a simplistic game despite that it is a lot of fun so both of them are good games and worthy you know fun games to pick up and play and have fun with on the road or whatever like that especially on a switch so there you have it folks that will do it for this edition of select start i hope everybody will have a great weekend i hope everybody enjoyed this episode next week finally going to get to talk about ghostwire tokyo for the playstation 5 i i i I, i'm gonna reserve i say this all the time but i there's a reason why i need to reserve my thoughts on that game there's a very good reason i need to i just i'm looking forward to talking about the game next week as well so this sunday on the prime show i will be reviewing and talking about tiger and bunny 2 on netflix which is now exclusive to netflix they acquired the rights and now are making new episodes for the series and it is starring also with uh, not starring but it is with an appearance of a friend of mine so I uh, I'm looking forward to talking about that because, uh, I like the direction the day we're going with this and, uh, good, great, great acquisition for Netflix and D so stay tuned for that and much, much more. But for now, if you enjoyed this episode, all of our episodes, as well as our exclusive interviews, you can check out all of this and more on talktimelive.com where we have this and everything on air. A lot of great content on air as well. Um, New blog entries now are ventured there. I got the latest exclusive interview with Brian O'Halloran. Uh, I got a short clip of uh, Sean Schimmel as well that will be posted up on air soon um, that has him talking about the popularity of Goku at the Q&A over Fan uh, Expo. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be up soon too. And... You can also check out the blog page as well which has my look at technically my review of fan expo this year which is formerly known as wizard world in there i also got the my hero academia world missions figures there i got the wind jammers 2 uh blog that i said i was gonna do from there from a while back and um much much more people so Go over there, check it out, and if you want to subscribe and download to your favorite podcast platform, you can do so on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, and on Tumblr for all you guys out there as well. So thank you guys so very much, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. So that'll do it for me, folks. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier, decided saying learn to let go, live life, love all things, anime, comics, movies, and games. This is... ACMG presents Talk Time Live. I am out of Take care and have a great weekend.